Nothing goes together better than live music and a beer. Or two. Or five. Wait a minute. An estimated 886,000 Canadians aged 15 and older abused or were dependent on alcohol in 2012. One in seven Canadians aged 15 years and older experienced verbal, emotional, and physical abuse as a result of another person's drinking. Make sure a fun night out doesn't ruin everyone else's, or your own. If you see yourself or someone you know slightly off-key, help everyone out and step in. After all, you want to be able to remember the show tomorrow morning. Are you interested in Indigenous issues? Do you get ticked off with ongoing colonization? Do you have something to say? Or do you want to learn more? We have just the thing. Join UBC's first ever Indigenous Radio Collective at CITR Radio Unceded Musqueam Territories. Our show, Unceded Airwaves, airs every Monday from 11 to 12 and we meet from 12 to 1 to plan our upcoming shows. We're interested in content covering various things from film to literature, current day politics, history, whatever you want to talk about, we're into it. Everyone welcome Indigenous and non-Indigenous. This ad caught your attention. It also caught the attention of the coolest people from Squamish to Bellingham. Music fans, students, and members of various cultural communities. If you want your ad to do the same, advertise with CITR and Discorder. If you've got a rad new ad or just something you want to share, whether in print, on air, or online, promote your wares, services, or events with us. Contact us at advertising at citr.ca or call 604-822-4342. Visit citr.ca for rates, information, and packages. This is the end of our ad, and if you're still here, we must be doing something right. Say the word, I'll be there riding the back of your motorcycle. Throw my hands up in the air. Chasing lightning flashes, indestructible Try and catch us if you can You never want me but you love me You just want what you can
Okay, so hi. You're listening to The Real World with Dama and Dora on CITR 101.9 FM. We're broadcasting live from unceded Musqueam territory here on the UBC campus in Vancouver, BC. Uh, just to give you some background, uh, The Real World is the UBC Film Society's radio show, and we're try to, trying to connect other clubs and campus organizations through film. What you just heard was Wild by Royal, which is one of the amazing songs in Melanie Jones's Vancouver-produced film, FSM. Dora. Yeah, um, we're actually joined by Melanie today. Hello. Hi. Um, she, you, I guess, are a local sculptor and filmmaker from Vancouver, and your feature film, FSM, premiered recently at the Whistler Film Festival in 2015, and has since then shown at the Women in Film and Television Festival, Vancouver Festival, and is playing at the VIF Theater downtown this Saturday, April 16th, and Monday, April 18th. Um, the movie is dope, it's gorgeous, it's cool, it's touching, and just everyone in the world should check it out. Always. <laughs> um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. Um, do you want to like introduce yourself a little bit and the film? Sure. Um, yeah, my name is Melanie. I'm uh, I'm a filmmaker here. I've been making films for about ten years, mostly shorts uh, in all kinds of genres: comedy, drama, horror, noir, etc. And um, and I really wanted to make a feature. I mean, it's really hard to get to the point where you can make your first feature because it's so expensive. So I started trying to think about writing something that would be really filmable because it was basically just people, you know, living their lives and walking through the city and having conversations and et cetera. So no big stunts or effects or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. And so I, I, so I sort of looked to my own life and what was, what was vexing me and, and um, what could I find that was maybe relatable for other people. And, and I was having trouble dating in Vancouver, which I'm sure many people do. <laughs> I feel and, it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's based on that, but it's not autobiographical. Um, so, you know, I borrowed from my experiences with, you know, Tinder and, and uh, online dating and, and bad dates and bad hookups and things like that. Um, and then I added um, something that I'm really interested in, which is the local underground music scene. So I made my character a DJ and then that allowed us to um, go to local DJs and bands for music so that the soundtrack could be really, really, really local. Like uh, of the 18 songs in the, in the film, 16 of them are Canadian. Wow. So it's, uh, it's really cool because, you know, the film shows Vancouver as Vancouver, but then also the soundtrack is very, very Vancouver. You know, most people, I think, once you hear the names, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I think they, yeah, I remember them from the peak performance. I remember them from that event I went to and, you know, because they're, they're super local bands. So it's uh it's kind of my love letter in a way to my to my hometown <laughs> that's beautiful yeah um and that's also like really great like kind of nourishing and helping out with the local scene that kudos to you that's awesome mm -hmm. um could you elaborate a little bit more on like how you drew from your own experiences to create the story and then also the character sure yeah i mean the the um the character's name is samantha um and i like, I'm a filmmaker and an artist, and I am living, you know, the, the dual life of day job slash my creative 
goals. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to put that into the film in some way, but I didn't want to make her a filmmaker because I think th- there's too many films about films, about films, you know, about making films. And yeah, um, it gets too self-referential and too, too insider. And, and I didn't think it would be as accessible, but I did think that the, the concept of going for what you want, you're following your dreams, but still being forced to kind of live some kind of, daily grind would be very relatable regardless of what kind of creativity you know she had in the film and and I I just I love music my parents um were both musicians uh jazz and opera and things like that growing up so I just thought music was a really accessible way to make her creative um to show off that part of Vancouver um and then get to talk about some of those things um and you know in the film she's a she's a, a summer camp leader and a a child, uh, early childhood education teacher, and my parents are both teachers, and I'm a teacher, so I thought that was very relatable, uh, probably to lots of people who sort of, you know, you're pursuing your dream, but then you you go, okay, I got to pay the bills. Like, how do I, you know, or or you have kids, and suddenly you're like, I have to pay the bills. Like, I can't live like this, you know, cardboard box life anymore. So, what do you do? And and teaching is very creative and and a great outlet for creative people. So, I think it's a really great fit. And so it works really well to have that be in the film as well. Um, if you had to like classify this film into a genre, would you make it like a romance, a comedy, a drama? Like where does it kind of fit? Um, I've been calling it an anti-romantic comedy uh, because, <laughs> because it definitely follows some of the tropes of rom-com, you know, um, people like each other and then things don't go that well and then, you know, so and so forth. But I really didn't want the film to hinge on the getting the guy narrative. I just didn't think that that was actually that real. Um, and there's there's things about rom-coms that I have a problem with, you know, which is that, you know, in a, in a romantic comedy, in the typical romantic comedy that you see out there. Um, if you love somebody and you tell them that you love them, they automatically will love you back. And it, everything is happily ever after. And it's just not true. Mm. In the world that we live in, especially now, I mean, you know, you can want somebody who does not want you back. <laughs> and, it, and it sucks. And it's really hard. And I think way more people go through that then actually go through the other thing, which is like everything is peachy and they love you back, you know? So mm-hmm. I just think that's more relatable. And, and especially in this world of online dating where you have infinite choice, you can even go out and have a great date and have a great night with somebody. And then they walk away and you walk away and they look on their phone and they've got 10 more notifications of people who like them or have swiped for them or whatever. And what reason do they have to stop and choose you? in the sea of choice, you know, it just, I think it's really changed the way that we date and the way that we meet people. And in, you know, some parts of it are really great and some parts of it are not so great, you know, so. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's, it's interfering so with the search for love, for sure. <laughs> um, why do you think that film is such a good medium to kind of express these, like, I guess, relatable ideas? Yeah. Mm. I think, um, you know, I came from, from, fine art from sculpting um originally like I've I I went and did you know all my schooling and in sculpture and I love making sculpture but it's it's hard to get people to go to the gallery sometimes um but everybody goes to the movies 
<laughs> you know, or they watch them at home or they download them, you know, they pirate them or whatever. But you know, <laughs> That's films, illegal, no. <laughs> but films are, I think, one of the biggest cultural currencies that we have um, because they somehow bridge the gap between accessible and art. And a lot of people think that art is not accessible. I mean, I don't agree with that as an art teacher. I, I really don't agree with that. But I think that I think that people do think that, like, I can't understand that because it's high art or something. But film somehow, people don't feel afraid of it. They don't feel intimidated by it. They don't feel like they can't understand it. And I think that's just the power of storytelling, period. But film is such a visual medium. I mean, you don't even need to know the language. You can just watch the film and just from the pictures and the music get a sense of what the story is, uh, at, at least a really good film, I hope <laughs> you can. Um, so, I, it, yeah, I think film is just, it's it's a really strong um, medium to communicate with a really wide audience, and a lot of different kinds of people will see films and go, you know, not everybody goes to the theater anymore, but certainly a lot of people stream and, and see it uh, in other ways, even on YouTube and watching trailers and things like that. So it's just a great medium for reaching people, I think. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, like you said, film does reach a lot of people. And we were wondering just like what what type of filmmakers or who influenced you in your like film creating career, all of that mm-hmm. journey, if I may. <laughs> I think um, my answer is going to be probably a little surprising. <laughs> The reason that I went to film school is because of Lord of the Rings. Yes! (laughs) We love Lord of the Rings! We are obsessed with Lord of the Rings over here at Real World. Our first episode was Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that makes me so happy. Do go on, though. Yeah, no. I'm such a huge, I'm a huge nerd for sci-fi and fantasy and, you know, both books, films, just everything I can get my hands on with with that genre. And I have written a sci-fi film as well, but it's just very hard to get the budget for that kind of level, you know, of film. So, you know, hopefully someday I'll get to make that one. But, but yeah, I saw Lord of the Rings, and and I had always been fascinated by the the behind-the-scenes videos that you see on, like, the DVDs and stuff. But no one has something, like, as expansive as their... Behind, I mean, their behind the scenes is like ten times longer than the film. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's so it's so in depth and it goes into so much detail, and it starts from the writing process all the way through. And I just felt like it gave me this huge window into the process. And I sort of it sort of dawned on me like I was in art school and and I was like, why aren't I doing that? Like, what is wrong with me? How did I not figure out sooner? that I should be doing that because I love that. I'm like obsessed with knowing how they made it, but it had never occurred to me that I could be one of those people that was making it like behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And I, what well, the other thing that I love about, you know, his, um, his, his process in making that film was that he built a local industry. I mean, he, you know, oh, yeah. created infrastructure and built studios and, and created jobs. And I just thought that's such an inspiring way to make a film is to not just think about the film as like I'm making a film because I want to make it for me or, or, you know, I I have this deep need to to say something and it has to be my way or the high, you know, he, it was kind of like, we're making this film together and it's for everybody and we're all going to benefit from it. And, and, and look how proud we are of where we live. And I just thought that was such a refreshing point of view 
and it made me excited. It made me really excited to get into the medium of film. And I, I went to school at uh, Langara College in the film arts program, um, which was very early in its in its stages. I think I was in the second year ever of that program, and now wow. they're they're well over ten years uh, that they've been running that program. It's a great program, and their whole focus is on collaboration. So. It, it totally influenced my style of the way that I make films and, and my teachers there and, and um, just the way that the, the program sort of emphasized the importance of collaboration and teamwork and that, you know, you're not, you're, you're not one person making your film and everybody works for you. You're, you're a team of people making something that together you could not make individually like it's the sum of its parts and that's really important that you recognize that and all the work that people put in so yeah that's great and uh you said like about building the whole infrastructure within a town like vancouver obviously already has a big mm -hmm. film industry but you did put a lot of focus on vancouver-based artists what vancouver is all of that so how how did you find all of the musical artists that are in this film or any other mm -hmm. vancouver influences i guess um the there was a really interesting so we, there was some music that we started we found we started looking before the film was even shot Um, and that's because in the film, Samantha, she's the DJ, and she is has a crush on a guy in a band. And we there was a scene where he has to sing the song. So we we had to have the song before we shot the film because he has to lip sync to the music. Mm -hmm. um, so we put out this you know call and kind of asked people, like, anybody know any Canadian indie rock bands? Send us their music. We want to listen to it. And then, you know... Um, just from that, we found a band in Toronto called South of Bloor, and they just had the perfect sound for what we were going for. And also, like, they just had a particular song that the lyrics just made me, like, swoon because I was like, oh, that's perfect if he's singing that to her, you know, in this scene. Like, it sort of, it's almost like it added to the script in a way, um, which was fantastic. And so we found that early on. And then I also found the local DJs really early on because they I knew that they would have to write music for the film. And traditionally, you know, the the perception is that DJs just play other people's music. And, and there's a difference when you become like a producer of music. You're still a DJ, but it's DJ producer. And um, it was really important that we had that because we can't afford to have samples of you know, big bands that we can't pay the licenses for, so we really needed original tracks. Yeah. Um, so we had to find DJs that were not just DJs, but DJ producers, right, that could, could produce original content for the film. And then we wanted them to be in the film to, to lend authenticity to the film, so that we had to find them in advance. Um, and so that's how we found Hell Sound and Casey Riot, um, who are the two main uh, electronic music contributors. And then after the film was shot, you know, you start spotting the, the scenes and you go, we need a really good, like, ballad kind of song here. We need a really good, like, up-tempo song here. You know, you start to identify where the film needs music. And I didn't want to do a score because I just thought, no, this is a, a movie that needs a soundtrack, like a, like a playlist in mm -hmm. a way. And uh, so I just, again, I just reached out to friends and family and I said, anybody, you know, anybody in a band, I'll, I'll listen to their music. And then through that, we found um, a whole range of types of music, lots of indie sort of singer songwriter stuff, some what I would call like West Coast rap. <laughs> <laughs> um, 70s, 
some uh, uh, an artist named uh, Chersey who does like looping, which so she's like a one woman show, but she has all these different um, electronic things that allow her to loop her voice and layer things, which is really cool. Uh, so yeah, so lots and lots of really um, amazing artists that just just by fluke, you know, sort of by luck, knowing people that knew them. We were able to get access and then just beg them, you know, hey, would you be willing to give us your song for the film? And and um, our, our next big project right now is to get the soundtrack out. So I'm hoping by the end of the summer that'll be ready and then people will be able to, to get the songs um, like as an album. Cool. Basically. I would, uh, I would purchase that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah. great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the budget for this film? Oh, <laughs> Um, in the industry, we'd call it no budget. <laughs> um, oh, wow. We, 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 uh, we raised $10,000 through Indiegogo, through crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, it, what it is is that I submitted a script to a competition called the IndyCan 10K Challenge, which was an initiative by a producer in Toronto by the name of Abby Fettergreen, who just believes in young Canadian filmmakers and wanted to create an opportunity for young filmmakers to get their first feature. So he basically set up a a laundry list of sponsors from everything from equipment to post-production to legal services, et cetera. Um, And then he picked winners in several provinces across Canada. So there's actually five other films that are all premiering this week as well. Um, in other provinces in Canada that were made under the same initiative. Cool. Uh, we're, the, we're the only one in BC. Wow. And Congrats. We, yeah, yeah. We were, it was amazing. It was, you know, I wrote the script and, and I was like, oh, this is a good deadline just to make me finish it. You know, it mm-hmm. wasn't, I wasn't thinking at all that we would, you know, it would win. And then when it got picked, it was like, oh my gosh, we're making the movie now. Like, <laughs> I got to get my button here. Like, <laughs> um, That's but, exciting but though. Yeah, but one of the things that we had to do was was raise the money. So um, our cash budget, we had to we had to raise it ourselves. Um, so we got all these sponsors, which is worth you know tens of thousands of dollars, but we still had to raise some cash ourselves. But the trick was we weren't allowed to spend more than 10k. Oh. It was a 10k challenge. So we raised 10k, and then we were only allowed to spend that much. So everything else, you know, we we again we went back into Vancouver and we went. What businesses here could we ask that would maybe give us some some clothes or some stuff uh, so that we don't have to buy it, you know, so that we could save our money for, like, food for the crew and hard drives for the footage and, you know, the other nitty-gritty costs. And um, we had a whole host of local sponsors that gave us things that we could use as props, uh, like uh, Ignite Smoke Shop gave us some pipes and bongs and things like that for yeah. <laughs> for the scenes in the film where they're smoking. <laughs> the um, necessary <laughs> scenes. <laughs> exactly. Um, JQ Clothing and East Fan gave us a whole bunch of wardrobe um, for our main character. You know, things like that. So it was really, really beneficial. And that was we went and found that on top of our IndyCan sponsors- sponsorships. Cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. we're running towards the end of our time okay. right now, but, um, do you want to talk about, um, some, any, any upcoming projects that you have or anything else that you kind of like want to say that people should know? Yeah. Well, the, the song that everybody, if they tuned in right at the beginning that they heard wild, um, the artist Royal, I've been working with her on a music video for that song. 
so that should hopefully be out soon. We're, we're trying to get it out for May. Um, and then I'm working on a, um, a next feature, which is going to be a, uh, wilderness thriller, uh, cool. set in BC and hopefully will be shot in BC as well. Um, and I'm trying to get that lined up so that we can shoot next year. So trying to spend a little bit more time in pre-production this time and, <laughs> awesome. and uh, get a little bit more money, money behind the project this time. So, you know, we can pay everybody and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> when that uh, the dream. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. That's dope. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, good luck with all your endeavors. That sounds amazing. Yes, thank you. And um, everybody should pick up a copy of the Georgia Strait because we're on the cover today. Woo! So- Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Cool. So, whoa. Yeah, that was fun. You just heard Melanie Jones, local filmmaker from Vancouver Town, talking about her film FSM, which is going to be uh, premiering? No, just like yeah, showing. I think, I think premiering. Yeah, okay. So, premiering uh, in Van City theater on the 16th and 18th so saturday and monday and we do have um two free tickets that we're giving out to listeners out there um check out our facebook page the real world citr 101.9 fm and um shoot us a message or something we can hook you up the film is so sweet so nice so touching everything you would want in anything ever <laughs> yeah basically um so next up is pete's picks thank you so much for tuning in and, and shout, shout out, out to nicole, nicole kidman, kidman. Woo. okay black day stormy night no love no Don't cry for he's coming Don't die without knowing the cross Sweet song of salvation A pregnant mother sings She lives in starvation Her children need all that she brings cry.